I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, a 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics. Tune in each week at rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation. And now you can call or text the Rapid Fire line 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And please remember to like us and subscribe on all of our social media platforms that love to shut us down and restrict us. It's at Cape Gunworks on Facebook. Twitter, YouTube, Parlor, Twitch, Telegram, Rumble, Truth, all the usual suspects. But Instagram has shut us down and is threatening to do it again. So our backup account is CGW underscore backup until the backup of the backup comes out because we are we have a, a digital gun pointed at our head saying you violated our terms of use. And I'm like, no, we didn't. Look at this post. Please don't do it. And then they go, oh, yeah, we looked at it. You're right. But they do it almost every day. And now that we've called them into question so many times, they're like, yeah, you're going to be deleted again. So censorship reigns supreme over at the big tech and the metaverse. So anyway, you're here on either the internet or the radio, which is still a free medium for a little while. And I'm sure, you know, its days are numbered as if the right people own it. But anyway, I digress. Here we go. Rapid fire. We're going to talk about guns. And, uh, you know, it's interesting to see a spike in news articles in semi-mainstream media of defensive use of firearms because it's not often that you actually get this kind of coverage. It's sometimes in little, you know, local newspapers or, um, but to actually have a consistent flow of articles that are not necessarily pro or anti-gun, but they're at least doing a good job of pointing out the obvious, which is, hey, this person with a legally owned firearm defeated the bad guy and, you know, saved the day. Um, This happened, you know, it's been happening for decades, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about it later, about the um, Georgetown University research paper that came out, and there was also one from uh, the Kleck-Gertz study that talks about defensive uses of firearms each year. And the the bottom line is um, it's been going on for decades where people have a 
defensive use for the firearm, most of which end without even a shot being fired. But regardless, you don't see a lot of press. You used to have to flip to the special section in the NRA magazine, the Armed Citizen, or something like that to get to read these snippets from news articles, which are often like one or two paragraph articles in small town USA newspapers where, you know, the bad guy goes down when he's trying to assault the good guy with a gun. So it's pretty interesting to see this is starting to, I'm hoping it's a trend that'll continue. Um, It started kind of recently right after Uvalde with the woman who, um, shot the guy, the crazed guy with AR-15, who came to shoot up the graduation party in, in um, I think it was Columbus, West Virginia. The other thing that's kind of interesting about these trends is it's people with handguns and shotguns that are defeating the weapon of war, the AR-15. So this woman I was just talking about in West Virginia, the guy left and came back with an AR-15 and started shooting into a crowd. She had a concealed weapons permit, drew and fired and shot him and killed him. And no one else was killed, thank God. Uh, And she had a handgun. She was willing to, you know, go after the guy with the weapon that is so powerful and so destructive. If you listen to, like, the news or the uh, hearings back on um, last week on the Capitol Hill where the U.S. representatives were debating this for hours on end. And you'd hear all kinds of stuff like how it vaporizes flesh and decapitates people and um, makes bone disintegrate and there's no more shards, you know, no more bodies left. One guy even went so far, or girl, went so far as to say that's why you never see the aftermath of a mass shooting because the bodies have been vaporized. It's like an alien abduction after you've been shot with the AR-15. But here's these people defending themselves or others against these criminals with their AR-15s. And recently we had this 80-year-old liquor store owner in California who at 2.45 in the morning, some bad guy with a gun and a face mask goes straight in the door with the weapon at the ready position. You can clearly see it in the, uh, the surveillance video and says, freeze, put your hands up. But this guy kind of saw them coming and he had a great situational awareness. Here, I'll read you from, uh, there was an article on the New York Post here. And it says, owner Craig Cope, 80, who shot robber armed with AR-15, um, is a, uh, let's see, um, Oh, shoot, I don't have the article here in front of me. I'll have to get it, but um, it was a, or it got mixed up in my show prep. But anyway, the guy had a um, AR-15. He came through the door, told him to, uh, oh, here it is. I got it right here. An elderly California liquor store owner uh, who flipped the script on an armed gunman during an attempted robbery said Tuesday that he had no choice but to open fire on one of the assailants, insisting it was either him or me. Craig Cope, 80, said he feared for his life as four would-be thieves drove up early Sunday to Norco Market and Liquor in Norco, where he was behind the counter when one of the assailants busted through the rifle and yelled at him to freeze. I got a long gun pointing directly at me, Cope told the Post. It was either him or me, and I was a bit faster. 
Cope said he knew something was off when he saw a dark BMW SUV pull up alongside the store instead of into several nearby open parking spots. They also backed in as they approached, which was another red flag for the quick-thinking owner. So here's a guy who's very situationally aware. Um, And then I saw them getting out of the car, masks on with guns, Cope continued. So I figured what was going to happen. I just knew they were armed and masked, and they were coming in, so I was ready for them. At one point, three of the suspects hopped out of the SUV while a fourth man stayed behind to act as a getaway driver, Cope said. Surveillance footage from inside the store shows Cope firing the shotgun just seconds after the gunman announced the robbery, wounding the would-be robber in the arm. He was screaming that I shot his arm off, Cope recalled. That's what he what he said, and you can clearly hear that on the on the video. Cope, who suffered a heart attack and was rushed to the hospital after the shooting, is recovering in his Riverside home. He said he intends to keep working the store but may soon cut back his hours, and it has nothing to do with Sunday's attempted heist, which he characterized as a terribly isolated incident. I'll be present one way or another, he said, and um, it goes on to talk about his history in the store. And then he said, it's it's not a good area for robbers to come, Cope said flatly. Many of the homeowners are conservatives and probably armed. These guys didn't do their homework. Well, that isn't that true. He also said at the end uh, how he is a very situationally aware. Uh, he pays attention. He says, I'm already alert and pay attention to my surroundings at all times. Good on you, sir. And I'm sorry you had to go through that. But it actually had a good ending. And uh, especially for the perps who didn't lose their life in the process. But anyway, we want to thank you for listening to Rapid Fire. So if you're listening this week, the code is CAPECOD at capegunworks.com if you want to get a special discount on your online order. It's just for our radio and podcast listeners. So go to capegunworks.com and use code CAPECOD to get your special discount today. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Federal ammunition is 100. This is where the American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. Hard work united with patriotism and technology blended with new ideas. That's federal ammunition. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota, born in 1922, made in America, and proud to be the best. Federal ammunition, a century of innovation, and we're only getting started. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. The phone number, if you want to be a part of the show, is 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And you can always text that number as well if you want to text the the chat line. Um, And make sure you go to capegunworks.com and sign up to be notified whenever we go live so you can be a part of the live show. So along the lines of the last article I was talking about um, on the CWB Chicago, 
There's an article about a concealed carry holder who shot and uh, opened fire on his, uh, about, excuse me, a concealed carry holder who shot a man who opened fire on his car at McDonald's. At McDonald's, prosecutors say, the man, and I know you're going to be shocked by this, but um, it, uh, the man had three pending felony cases in juvenile court. Stop me if you've heard this before. But um, a 19-year-old man who has three felony juvenile cases pending was shot three times by a concealed carry holder after he opened fire on the man's car in McDonald's parking lot Tuesday. Uh, the victim, 49, and his 11-year-old daughter, who was in the backseat, were both unharmed. Giovanni Castan has carjacking, burglary, and aggravated battery cases pending in juvenile court, according to prosecutors. He is the 27th person accused of or killing or shooting or attempting to kill or shoot someone in Chicago while on bail for a felony this year. The alleged crimes involved at least 58 victims, 12 of whom uh, have died. So this website is keeping track of all the people who are involved in these violent interactions and how many of them are out on bail pending their trials. So this guy... Um, was out on bail for three pending felony cases, all of which were violent, um, you know, carjacking, burglary, and he tried to carjack this guy in a McDonald's parking lot with his 11-year-old daughter in the car. And most people don't realize it, but concealed weapons permits are a thing in Chicago. They're very hard to get, and hopefully after this Bruin decision, they will be a lot easier to get. But uh, this guy was one of them, and he was able to defend himself and his his daughter's life because who knows what this guy was actually coming to do. Um, and, you know, he opened fire on his car. He was obviously trying to kill him. So I'm glad to see these type of articles are starting to hit the mainstream media or somewhat mainstream. They're not going to lead the nightly news on ABC, CNN, you know, W. Uh, yeah, whatever, whatever you call it, CBS, etc. Um, but there are some good articles starting to hit the news where people are starting to see the that defensive use of firearms is actually a lot more common than people realize. And if you look at the article that I was alluding to in the first segment about um, how Georgetown University has done a study where it estimates that 1.67 million times a year people use firearms to defend themselves or others against a possibly violent attack on them or somebody they know or someone they don't know. Um, The one thing that's pretty interesting is people like um, Elijah Dickin, who came to the aid of people he doesn't even know. You know, he probably could have got out of that mall uh, with his girlfriend unharmed while the psycho is shooting up the the food court. But he ended up acting at the defense of people he didn't even know. And a lot could go wrong with that. Like you could be civilly charged, you could be criminally charged. But thankfully it all went well for him. Um, and so this Georgetown University study, um, there's also a uh, study from Gleck and Gertz that estimates two and a half million times a year people use guns defensively to defend themselves against a violent attack. So what do you think about that? 508-444-2120. The media, the left-wing 
uh, arm of the media, if you will. And a lot of times, unfortunately, politicians, um, you know, a lot of Democrats. I mean, you can just look at the party line votes that happened last week on the assault weapons ban. Um, it was pretty much a party line vote. Two Republicans went over to side with the Democrats and five Democrats went over to side with the Republicans. I think those five Democrats were a lot smarter than the two Republicans because they probably are up for re-election or something like that. And they know the death rattle that the 94 assault weapons ban meant for the midterm elections for all those politicians that voted for that. They ended up losing the House. Um, I do believe that that was probably going to happen anyway this midterm, but you never know. Uh, But when you go on record as how you voted for um, banning people's right to keep and bear arms. And this is not even your typical assault weapons ban like the 94 one. There was some articles about people saying, hey, the 90s are calling. They want their assault weapons ban back. But this is so much worse than the 90s assault weapons ban because it enumerates, I think, like pages of firearms. It's not just six guns like the original one. And I do believe that it bans the entire... uh, like, you know, type of gun. So unlike the 94 one where they just had to remake the guns without the features, they called them featureless rifles. Now they are taking guns that are featureless like a Beretta CX-4 Storm, which doesn't have a threaded barrel, doesn't have a pistol grip per se, even though it's a it's a it's like a modified thumbhole stock. And it has it doesn't have a magazine well that's outside of the grip of the gun. And they've enumerated it as a banned gun. So they also take into account the features that were in the 94 assault weapons ban. So anything that's not enumerated that has a detachable magazine capable of accepting um, a magazine larger than 15 rounds and it's semi-automatic with a pistol grip, guess what? It's banned. So the one thing I misspoke about last show was how it was going to make it so that you could have it if you own them now and you're grandfathered, but you can't continue to transfer them. Well, that is, that is, I guess, changed or I misunderstood it. So now you will be able to cons- transfer them as long as the, the dealer or the private party can prove that it was manufactured after the band date, which is crazy because what does that mean? They're going to have to have a de facto registry. Otherwise, you can't prove it. How do you prove it, right? So if you're not, I mean, if you have your original sales receipt, I guess that's one way of proving it. But I think for the most part, they're going to have a registry that goes along with it. But let's let's not even let it get there. Let's call our senators nonstop, send them emails, and tell them how you vehemently oppose their support of H.R. 1808. And you do not wish to see this voted on in the Senate. It shouldn't even come up for a vote as far as I'm concerned, or as far as you're concerned, but um, it does so much more to freedom. It is an absolute, unconstitutional, oath-breaking power grab by the government. That's really what it is. It would centralize power in the hands of government and police forces, which, frankly... um, it used to be the argument that it's not good that government has centralized power. But now all of a sudden we've come around to 
you know, we just came through the whole defund police thing. And now all of a sudden we want to make sure that police are the only ones who have the ability to own these guns. And what does that do? That centralizes power in the hands of government. Nothing could be further from the intent of the framers. In fact, when this gun was being marked, um, this ban was being marked up, uh, I think it was Tom Massey uh, asked and said, I'll yield my time to anyone who wants to comment right now. Um, but does anyone disagree that this gun ban doesn't ban guns that are in common and ordinary use? And Nadler jumps in and goes, yeah, that's exactly right. That's that's what the problem is. These guns are in common and ordinary use. That's why we want to ban them. So, I mean, that is the direct wording from the Heller decision. So it, it it's, it's breaking the Bruin strict scrutiny um, interpretation of the Second Amendment. And it's breaking Heller's, which is common and ordinary use. Uh, so, and it's obviously a violation of the Second Amendment. So, uh, but they don't care. They just care about setting up roadblocks and obstacles to your private ownership of guns that are in common and ordinary use. And I must say also that not only are they just in common and ordinary use, but they should be the same arms that government's able to own if you want to take the original interpretation of the founders to heart because they are saying you need to own guns so that you can keep a tyrannical government in check or to keep government from becoming tyrannical and wanting to take away your freedoms and rights. So that was the original intent. And people, oh, come on, it's the... You know, it's 2022. You really think that? Well, hey, it wasn't that long ago that we fought World War II, was it? There's still veterans, I know there's fewer and fewer every day, that had to go fight against evil that forced people on cattle cars and murdered 12 million people. Did you... Should I replay that? (laughs) Murdered 12 million people. That wasn't that long ago. That was the greatest generation that went and fought that kind of evil. And I love what the uh, Pew Pew Jew uh, Yehuda Reimer says on his social media. He's got a t-shirt that says, AR-15 owners aren't forced to get on cattle cars. And that's true. Um, You know, it's going to be a lot harder to force people with AR-15s on cattle cars. So anyway, let me know what you think. Call or text 508-444-2120. I think that I'm glad the media, I'm glad that attention is being brought to the uses other than defensive uses of firearms as well, like the sporting uses, the hunting uses. Like people love to make statements on um, on the floor of the House or the Senate and say, you know, nobody's hunting or deer aren't running around with Kevlar vests and, you know, nobody needs 30 rounds. But the one thing you don't realize is the AR-15 is made in other calibers. And while the 556 or 223 what the military uses is what I would what some states consider an unethical cartridge to actually hunt deer with because it's not powerful enough, I know it's a talking point to sit here and say um, that you know that gun is so powerful and it vaporizes human beings. But on the other hand, it's not even legal in a lot of states to hunt deer with. But the AR-15 is a very versatile platform that that's why America loves it. And it's the most popular rifle in America is because it is so versatile and it is in common hunting calibers. In fact, I have killed two deer with AR-15s. It only took one shot. Most people are like, 
Oh, well, why do you need 30 rounds to hunt deer? No, I don't. I need one round, maybe two. Um, but one was a 308, one was a 6.5 Grendel, and uh, one was in Texas, and one was in North Carolina. And so, you know, those are calibers that are legit deer hunting calibers that are humane. So anyway, uh, we're headed for a break, but before you go, you should head over to capegunworks.com and use this week's code, Cape Cod, C-A-P-E-C-O-D. And we got uh, Fred Wagonhalls from Ammo Inc. next. You don't want to miss out on this interview. And we will be right back. Thanks for tuning in. Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And I'm really happy to have on the line with us today uh, Fred Wagonhalls, who's from Ammo Inc., and Anthony Tate, also from Ammo Inc. How are you gentlemen today? Great. Hey, doing good. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on again. And Fred, we talked to you in the past, um, right after the big announcement of sending a million rounds of ammo to the Ukraine. So uh, it was pretty impressive to see how fast you guys were able to mobilize that shipment and get it out the door. And uh, so, you know, we've been tracking along with you. We sell a lot of the Ammo Inc. product in our store and shoot it on our range and and whatnot. But what have you guys been up to lately that's kind of trending? And, and uh, I know you've seen explosive growth over the past couple of years. And so by all means, talk about that. I'd love to hear a little bit about it. Well, I uh, want to really turn it over to Anthony because he just took charge of the marketing and sales to the company. 
and uh, he's been very instrumental over the past two years of helping to build our sales department. So I'll turn it over to Anthony. Great. Yeah. Hey, thanks again for having us. Uh, we're real excited. Uh, we we did we did roll out one of our new products uh, just here this past month. Um, we're offering streak and green. Previously, we had it in red. Uh, we changed up uh, some of the some of the packaging and offerings. Um, you won't see it in a in a bulk pack anymore. You won't see it in a small twenty round box. Now you'll see it in a, a standard fifty round box on the shelves at you know your your local Bass Pro Shop or Rural King or Academy Sports. So or Cape Cod Marks. in big box <laughs> retailers and and the distributors. Um, and also, it'll have a, a large online presence where uh, the consumer can go and purchase it and have it delivered directly to their to their home. So, nice. um, yeah, this is this has been uh, huge for us, uh, especially this past month. Um, the previous two years, it was hey, anything that we can load and and put in a box, it it pretty much sold. Um, and and we kind of held on to this technology. We sharpened it up. The um, the street is it glows brighter. Um, it has many applications, uh, not only from just a, a consumer's point of view, but even in the law enforcement and military world. Um, when you when you shoot when you shoot streak, uh, it glows and you can see it with the naked eye, uh, and you get instant feedback of where where that round landed. Um, and what what makes it glow? I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, are are wondering is when it when it leaves the chamber and and that muzzle flash creates um, uh, some light. It, it illuminates the base of the projectile. Now we put we put a bonded epoxy on the base of the projo. So when it's leaving downrange, uh, the shooter can can see its light and it can, and you get instant feedback of where that round lands. Now, if you really want to take it to the next level, you can wear night vision goggles, hmm. um, and and with that experience, you can you can see this round in in bright daylight. You can see it in low light. You can see it in in any situation. So these are ideal for law enforcement, military, and really, it's the new way to just shoot ammo. Very cool. Um, this, this is new technology that that you can uh, you can purchase right now going to the shelves um and when we think it's we think it's yeah the new way to shoot so let me ask you this obviously um the reason we don't shoot tracer or incendiary rounds on indoor ranges is it's not safe to do so so this is obviously a uh round that's designed to be safe for indoor shooting ranges and for it's not there's no fire hazard whatsoever right right yep you shoot it indoors it's range safe. Doesn't add a heat signature to your firearm. You're you're not going to overheat your weapon, um, and and really, yeah, you, you're you're not going to light a forest on fire. So that's the biggest draw to it. Yeah. Um, and we we feel that uh, you know this is this is patented technology by Ammo Inc. This is this is the new way to go forward. This is this is technology that the world needs, and we're here to offer it and deliver it. Excellent. And now, do you notice that the green is a little bit easier to catch the eye than the red? Or is it, like I know with red dot sights and lasers, et cetera, the green are usually the more powerful of the laser. Does it have any type of that, you know, 
situation with the with the ammo, or is it basically the same as the red, just a different color? You know, the red and green. Uh, we've been very impressed with our engineers. They both glow uh, super bright. I would not say that one glows brighter than the other. It's just um, you know, it gives the it gives the the shooter an option of hey, do you want to do you want to shoot it in green? Do you want to shoot it in red? Um, we're doing further testing. It does look like the green does, it, it, it may glow a little bit better, um, in some low light conditions, but I would say they're, they're pretty close. It's hard. It's hard for us to sell, um, at this point, but. Awesome. Um, now you guys also I, just built a brand new yeah. facility, right? And in, in, uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, we just, uh, actually we moved in last week. I'll, I'll let I'll let Fred give the details, but we just um, we spent what the past year and a half, Fred, building that plant. Well, we spent 13 months doing it, yeah. and it's 185,000 square foot, and it is the state of the art ammunition facility in the country. Mm-hmm. Nobody's got a facility like this. Wow. Uh, 200 meter underground shooting range, uh, three other shooting ranges underground. Huh. Uh, so, you know, we're excited about it. We've, we're in the building now. We're producing in the building. We started moving last week, and we finished moving yesterday. Congratulations. Uh, still got a few. Uh, but we are having a grand opening September the 22nd at noon. And it'll be the grand opening of the building. Our board of directors will be there. All our chief management staff will be there. We're excited about it. Uh, one other thing, going back to the street, the one thing that always excited me to me was <clears throat> if you had a clip that had 10 bullets in it and you had say, or, you know, eight green and two red, and you would know when you're at the end of your clip, and you should be changing a clip. Mm. That would be important for law enforcement and military people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting concept, no doubt about it. I've experimented with it, and I like it. And, uh, you know, I've talked about it even as it relates to a self-defense cartridge, where if you're on the street and you're getting that visual feedback about where your rounds are going, um, it certainly is helpful. Uh, for being able to dial in, you know, because I mean, the in our classes that we teach, the intuitive defensive shooting classes, we understand that the the brain, how it works in one of those stressful situations, isn't necessarily to close an eye and focus on your front sight. You know what I mean? If somebody's there with a attacking you or something like that, then it it makes a lot of sense to have that visual feedback from where your rounds are going so that you can make an adjustment. And have you guys done any testing along those lines as to, you know, how that visual feedback will help you under stress? Well, it helps under stress. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of, I guess there's, there's a wide uh, variety of times you'd use your firearm, but we have seen that, you know, most of these things happen in low light settings at night in your, in your home. Um, and you know, streak is, is giving you that ability to, to, you know, fire a round and 
and see where that, that round is landing. And the only one that sees that round uh, is, is the shooter and anyone in a 30-degree window behind them. Mm. So you're not going to play your position. Um, and like I said, you're, you're seeing instant feedback of where that, that round was fired. In a stressful situation, your hands may be wounded. Uh, you may not be able to lift your firearm, your firearm up to eyesight. Um, so if you're shooting from the hip in a desperate situation, you, again, you're getting instant feedback of where that round just landed. Mm. As it relates to your product lineup, do you see this as the future for maybe all of your product offerings, or will you always just make a traditional bullet style? And you know, at some point, or do you see it transitioning to a you know, at some point, all of your ammo offerings. Yeah, here at here at Ammo, we we feel that this is the new way to shoot. This is new technology, and I, I think our competitors are, are going to want to jump on board and and use this technology down the road. Um, but as far as the Ammo Inc. lineup of products we offer, everything eventually will have a street capability to it. Now, some some. Some ammunition that we do offer travels at a high feet per second, and you can't see streak uh, glowing through the air during daylight settings. However, with you know night vision goggles or or you know uh, like a thermal, you can you can definitely see uh, that round traveling above three thousand feet per second. Wow! With uh, those added capabilities. Sounds sounds very interesting for our war fighters out overseas and stuff. If they're in, you know, battle and be able to see where those rounds are going, that'd be pretty cool. But hey, guys, I really want to appreciate your time today. I appreciate your time today, and thank you very much for joining Rapid Fire. It's great to see the growth that you guys have had, and I I love your ammo. We're going to continue to sell it in our store, and uh, you know, congratulations on the new building and. We really appreciate all that you do for the industry and keep uh, keep up the good work. And I'd love to talk to you again sometime. Anytime. Thank Absolutely. you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks so much, guys. All right. And we're going to break, but you should go to rapidfireradio.us and check out the latest Rapid Fire gear. Show, show your Pro 2A by wearing a shirt, hat, or grab a flag and go to rapidfireradio.us. Click on Get Rapid Fire Gear. We'll be right back. Thanks so much. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. 
All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire. This is your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And since we're talking about self-defense, we have Kevin Dixie on the phone right now or on the uh, webcam too. And he is a contributor to the PDN training tour, which is winding down, but there are still spots available. Kevin, how are you today? I'm doing just fine, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show. Um, you've been hard at work. Why don't you tell everybody what you've been up to lately as far as training and educating people around firearms? Um, I've just been, uh, had the pleasure of traveling the country, been a part of some charity events, off, uh, firearms training through the PDN uh, tour, and obviously no other choice, uh, my organization. So having the pleasure to get Americans out there, get them educated, get them trained, get them motivated about freedom, their constitution, and um, all things to enrich and be better. Yeah. Now, I, I actually just did an article myself. And then uh, when this article came out, the, the headline was that people are out buying guns because of fear. But I think fear is a contributing factor. But what are you finding from most of your students out there that are wanting to get educated in their uh, you know, day-to-day life and, and be more safe and efficient with their use of firearms? What, what do you think the motivation between this surge of new shooters is out there right now? Um, there, are, there are three things in particular that stand out, I think, that will play an uh, equal part. One, um, people have realized through the last few years that nobody's coming to save you. They've just got to that realization. They know it to be a fact now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, the second thing is individual. When we had chaos go on, you had individual people go through individual crises, you know, robberies, strong arm assaults, things of that nature, and realizing that they were victims in those situations and they don't want to be a victim anymore, but they also want to be educated uh, about how to respond so they don't wind up in prison. Um, and then the third thing is people realizing that uh, freedom isn't free. And I always tell people a gun is one of two things. It's either, either a tool of oppression or a tool of freedom. And people have really started to gravitate toward the message of freedom and what it truly means to their individual lives. And now they want to protect it. Yeah, well said. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, now, what about uh, is coming up on your schedule? What do you have uh, on the agenda for the PDN tour and also some classes that you offer? Uh, the PDN tour right now, I'm packing up. I'll be in St. Louis, Missouri this upcoming weekend, uh, the, the 6th and the 7th, uh, teaching an Evolve One pistol class and an Evolve One rifle class. Uh, these are level one classes for pistol and rifle. And after I leave there, I'll be headed up to Easley, South Carolina on the 13th uh, for the PDN tour. And I'll be teaching an Evolve One rifle class there. And then after that, I have um, a training event uh, up in Iowa with Brownells. I also have a training event with USCC up in Wisconsin. We have some other training classes in Georgia. And then we also have Burlington, North Carolina coming up in October. We have, um, I'll be part of the the hard ready uh, with Ryan and Amber over at Fit to Fight that'll also be in October and a bunch of other classes in Tennessee and some other ones in um, uh, the lower southeast part of the country spread out throughout the year. So you're what you're saying is you don't let grass grow under your feet, huh, Kevin? <laughs> no, try not to, man. And I'm in the middle of uh, actually we just bought a community outreach um, and slash gun range property down here in Georgia. So I've got 40 acres that I just got about a month and a half ago that I have to start developing and things like that. So pretty busy. Nice. That's awesome. So you got 40 acres outside. It's going to be an outdoor range. Yeah, be an outdoor range. Uh, We're going to do it barbershop style. So uh, I've noticed that a lot of great instructors, uh, one of the main problems we have is a place to shoot. Down here in this market, they're taking 30%. The ranges are, the outdoor ranges, they're taking 30% of your profit before you even press the trigger. They want $30 $30 per student or 30%, whichever is greater, 
of your entire take. And that's just not fair. So we're going to give uh, small businesses a place to operate uh, for a year where they know that this is their space, their booth for a year. Um, and then on the other side, we're going to do community outreach, reading, writing, comprehension, financial literacy, things of that nature. Awesome. Wow. That sounds, that sounds amazing. Um, how, if people want to join you in one of your upcoming classes, they want to find out more about your work. They want to, you know, maybe reach out to you and talk to you. What, how can they reach out to you? Really simple. No other choice. All spelled out. Nootherchoice.com is the website. You can also email at info at nootherchoice.com. And if you're looking on any of your social media platforms, I'm most active on Instagram and really kicking back into the YouTube sphere and even Facebook. You can find me at the real R E A L underscore N O C. The real underscore N O C or just the real N O C. I'll pop right up. Awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Kevin. We're going to have to have you back on the show in the future. And I appreciate all you do for the 2A community. Keep up the good work. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Yep. And don't forget, you can get Rapid Fire swag if you go to rapidfireradio.us and click on Get Rapid Fire Gear to get the pro 2A gear that you need to show your support. Wave the banner high with a Rapid Fire Gear on rapidfireradio.us. And we will be right back. Thanks so much. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Snap safe. Featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2,300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, a 2A talk show where you can call into the show or text your questions to 508-444-2120 anytime. Please include your first name, location, and your question to 508-444-2120. If we don't answer your questions during the show, it's not because we don't like you. It's because we ran out of time, but we'll get to it next week, I promise. We'll try to get to all your questions. Call or text 508-444-2120. And... Why don't we go ahead and get to some of your questions? Because this hour is going by fast. So here we go. And there's always the second hour, so don't panic. Um, but all right. So um, G-Webs dropped the link into the chat about the WBUR.org news article about the article that we did a week ago uh, for the for WBUR about the increasing sales of guns in Massachusetts. Massachusetts has historically been a very low gun ownership uh, state, but sales are on the rise. So they came and talked to us about it. We gave them a lot of information. Some of it got played, some of it didn't, but it's okay. I kind of knew that would happen. They cherry-picked out what they wanted, but in the end, I think it was a good positive article 
uh, all the way around. So, um, you know, hopefully you guys can go ahead and listen to that on the WBUR website and also tweet it out there and share it. Um, so uh, that'd be great. As a result of that article, Fox News picked it up and kind of reached out to us as well. And Brendan gave his input on the article and kind of took some of the stuff that didn't quite make the the cut on the first go around with the WBUR uh, story. So it was really good all the way around to get some good national exposure and really put Massachusetts in the spotlight of how many people in Massachusetts are starting to go out and acquire firearms for whatever reason. And the only thing I took issue with is the fact that this, the article said it was fear. And I think fear is a contributing factor, but I do not believe it is the overriding factor. I do believe it is a contributing factor, but I think it's more of seeing defunding police, seeing riots break out, seeing that you got to be responsible and take uh, responsibility for your own safety and understanding that police can't be everywhere. So this is common sense, uh, self-reliance, self, um, you know, kind of pulling yourself up from the bootstraps, which is a very New England thing to do. Uh, but anyway, um, all right, back to the questions. Um, he's calling in a question that I said in the first segment of how I shot two deers with one shot. No, that was two deer, uh, two different states, two different guns, two different hunting trips. The deer were shot in the state I was actually hunting in. So <laughs> thank you for clearing that up. Uh, and then Davey wants to know what this week's discount code is. It's Cape Cod, Davey. So shh, don't tell anybody. It's just between us. All right. Um, so you'll get a special discount at capegunworks.com for that. Uh, the Ruger Mini 14 is also on the ban list that JF is pointing out. Yes, but they also have it on the exempt list in the kind of Monte Carlo stock. So as long as it doesn't have the evil pistol grip, you should be good to go with the Ruger Mini 14 if this thing ever somehow makes it to the light of day in the Senate. Uh, Sam has taken Fred Wagon Halls to the woodshed with his reference to clip. And uh, yeah, you know what? Some of the old timers that come in my shop, I stopped correcting people on magazine. You know, maybe they were used to the M1 Garand and it became so ingrained in their head uh, that uh, clip is a th- is a thing. It's not going to go away, and I could care less. I'm not I'm not the uh, the FUD police. I don't police <laughs> police people in their terminology. Um, Shooting Gallery New England's in the house and uh, commenting on Kevin Dixie, and he says he's the man which I agree, he, he is a great resource and a good advocate for the Second Amendment here in the, uh, in the United States. We're lucky to have him, uh, so that'd be good. Um, I wish I got to ask him if he would be attending the Gun Rights Policy Coalition uh, conference this year. I don't know, but that would be, uh, maybe I can reach out to him. Uh, let's see. Um, KD helped me get to shot this year and could not have got there without him. That's good to know, uh, G-Webs. Um, that's awesome. And uh, all right, so from the uh, from the internet, it said, uh, someone asked me, if this does pass the Senate, would be what would be the five guns, long guns, that I would suggest you buy? Well, I think, again, I don't run out tomorrow and do anything. Uh, based on what I'm saying here, because I don't believe that's really what it uh, comes down to. Um, if the Senate does pass something, 
unfortunately it'll prices will spike before the ban goes into effect but i would say definitely some sort of ar variant definitely like a sig mcx or mpx or both um i also would probably get something a little ak ish like a um ace galil in 556 probably because of the availability of um pre-band mags if you want the ak platform mags get get it in the 762 by 39 because it takes pre-band ak mags and then you could you know have your availability for that they also make it in 308 and 545 by 39 so uh 508 2120 is the number if you want to text in or call um so that's what i would do those would be the five rifles maybe something else like a CZ Bren 2 or a CZ Scorpion, something like that. Uh, from an emailer looking to do a Glock 80 build, uh, a Polymer 80 build in Massachusetts, you like the size of the G17 lower, but like the size of the G19 upper for concealment. Would the G45 be the best combination? It would, but unfortunately, Polymer 80 doesn't make the G45 combination or the 19X. So you can't really combine those two, unfortunately. There's probably some people that are um, modifying a Glock. Uh, you know, I would try to get the Glock 19X or 45 frame and then put the Polymer 80 slide on it if you will if you're in massachusetts uh that's how you could do that but unfortunately that's the deal that a lot of people have to do they have to order a frame in and then you know buy all the other parts and put it together themselves because there's this silly unconstitutional thing called the mass approved weapons roster which has been well documented to basically just be a obstacle and a roadblock to people exercising their free Second Amendment rights in this state. So if you look at the Freedom of Information Act uh, money that was spent by Gun Owners Action League for the bill that went all, the ban that went up, or the lawsuit, I should say, that went all the way to the Supreme Court, and they decided not to take the case, which really stunk, but I understand why they did at the time, I think. Um, that was... They spent, I believe, upwards of seventy or eighty thousand dollars to to get the documents and memos from ninety eight when they instituted this unconstitutional weapons roster, and it had nothing to do with consumer protection, even though that's the slot in the law that they were trying to fill and say, oh, we got to make sure these guns are safe for our residents to use, so nobody blows themselves up, even though they couldn't point to a single use. Uh, of a firearm that was being used in the way it was designed that actually killed somebody but yet they were able to ram it through the house and the senate and get it signed into law and now we have something called the approved weapons roster so it's a joke but anyway um we'll get to more of your questions on the other side that's the end of the first segment and if you're listening on the radio we'll see you next time but if you're on the internet you'll get the second hour here you can also get the second hour on the podcast so you tune in at rapidfireradio.us or call or text the rapid fire line 508-444-2120 to ask whatever question you have and we'll get to it next time for sure freedom will always be on the right side of history so stay tuned 
We'll see you next time, or we'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening. I'm Toby Leary, and this is Rapid Fire. tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road Hyannis or capegunworks.com. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today.
Welcome to Rapid Fire, a 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics. Tune into rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation. And now you can call the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120, if you want to be on the show. That's 508-444-2120. So text, leave a message, or call us when we're live. And remember to like us on all of our social media platforms. Censorship is still a thing on big tech. Our handle is at Kate Gunworks on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Parlor, Twitch, Telegram, Rumble, Truth, uh, wherever you get your uh, social media. And Instagram, we were deplatformed and are on the brink of being deplatformed again. But currently, it is CGW underscore backup. So we'll give you continue to give you some good content on all of those social media platforms as long as we are allowed to. And uh, we'll take more of your questions for sure in the second hour. And uh, we, we didn't even get to a little bit of the stack of stuff that I have here um, in on the list. But one of the things I wanted to talk about in the first hour and just ran out of time was this is one of the main reasons, I think, that dovetails with why people are becoming gun owners. Um, I, I hinted to it in the story I read in the first hour about the guy who had to shoot the kid in the McDonald's parking lot who opened fire on his car when he had his 11-year-old in there. But New York City Judge Leticia Ramirez releases a man caught with a rifle and 500 rounds of ammunition. And on the same day, she allowed a... Now, caught with a rifle, like... There's lots of us that could be caught with a rifle and 500 rounds of ammunition and it wouldn't be that big a deal, except if the guy had nefarious intent and was a felon or a criminal in possession or something like that. But on the same day, she allowed a murder suspect back onto the streets with, guess what, $5,000 bail. So here's somebody who's facing life in prison. They're able to muster $5,000 bail and walks. What is that guy's... Uh, what what is the carrot on the string to get him back to court? Like, if he doesn't show up for court and he goes on the lam, now law enforcement has to spend tons of money in effort and energy to get him back there. And if he knows he's going away, why would he show up? What's he worried about, the 5000 bucks? I highly doubt it. So um, 5000 bucks, and he bought his freedom again. But let's get to the story. Judge Leticia Ramirez, who was slapped with an ethics reprimand in 2017 for using her position to try to get her son out of prison. Oh, yeah. Yep. Her son. Uh, Let out Matthew Verlando on supervised release Sunday against the request of prosecutors who wanted him held on bail. Officials said Verlando, 22, was hit with criminal weapons charges after he was arrested with a tires, Amer- um, I don't know what the tires is. With an American tactical 22 rifle, an extended magazine, and 500 rounds of ammunition in the trunk of his car, according to court records, Bron- Bronx District Attorney Darcel Clark's office had requested he be held on $50,000 cash bail, $150,000 bond, or $150,000 secured bond. Spokesman said, "Election." And here's where I'm injecting into the story. Elections have consequences because Ramirez was elected a civil court judge in 2011 
and was appointed for a time as an acting justice of Manhattan Supreme Court and also served four years as an acting family court judge in Brooklyn. She had been assigned to city criminal court on Sunday at state court, a state court's uh, spokesman said. In 2017, a state ethics panel, this is crazy, uh, found that she had misused her position then as a Manhattan Supreme Court judge when she wrote an appeals panel on behalf of her son, Michael, who was sentenced for 20 years to life for fatally shooting a man on Long Island. So, great family, huh? I mean, the, the son is in doing 20 to life for shooting a guy. Then this judge who's on the Manhattan Supreme Court uh, writes a letter trying to get her son off. And now she was slapped with an ethics you know, violation, which was literally a slap on the wrist. She basically verbally said, I'm sorry, that was dumb. And that was all that happened to her. But now she's letting perps walk. Maybe she's wishing that the judge that sent her son away for 20 to life would have been more like her and led her son to go back out on the street and reoffend. Who knows? But what, the reason I paint a picture of this story is, and I think it's very important, because people see this. We're not head in the sand. And when you start to see this soft-on-crime approach, and what does this also say to law enforcement who have to arrest these perps time after time after time? And we've said it a million times, but you know, 95% of all violent crime is a repeat offender. So, you know, why are we continually having to deal with the same dredges of society? And this is a perfect example of why. So she lets a murderer out and a guy who's being held on weapons charges, which obviously they don't tell you why he's being held on weapons charges, but he's obviously a prohibited person or something to that effect because they wanted him held on cash bond or cash bail or bond. And, uh, you know, they end, she ends up letting them both walk. And like the kid in Chicago that, you know, came at the, the dad and the 11-year-old, he was awaiting trial for three felonies. And it's just unbelievable that we let people, we catch them, we release them, they reoffend, we just add it to the pile of charges that has come in their way, and then we have to defend ourselves. Or the police have to be put into a very horrible situation where they, you know, would, would, shouldn't be. Because if, if, the courts did their job. Prosecutors, in this case, the prosecutors were asking for a, a stiff um, or be held without bail, but the judge let him walk. She heard all the recommendations by the prosecution and totally ignored it. Just let let him walk right out the door. So it's awful. But that's why I think there's a surge in people who are purchasing firearms these days. Um, so anyway... Another thing that was interesting uh, that happened when I was at the Retail Advisory Council at Smith & Wesson a couple weeks ago, um, unfortunately, Mark Smith, the CEO of Smith & Wesson, couldn't be there. And it was right before the uh, assault weapons ban was supposed to be started. The debate was supposed to happen. And so I think he was summoned down to Washington, D.C., and and an article came out 
today that that was, in fact, the case. Uh, the House Committee on Oversight and Reform subpoenaed firearm manufacturer Smith & Wesson on Tuesday after it refused to provide the panel with information about its revenue and business tactics. So I guess he was uh, summonsed down to the House Oversight Committee and he refused to testify. And so now, or he was asked to come. That's when we were at Smith and Wesson uh, and Mark wasn't there. We were wondering where he was and they said, oh, believe me, he'd rather be here. But they were pretty tight-lipped about it. Now I see this article that came out. And so it's really uh, unbelievable. But we'll talk about that on the other side. Um, And don't forget, you can uh, go over to capegunworks.com and use discount code CAPECOD to get a special savings or rapidfireradio.us if you want to get some swag, some rapid-fire radio swag. If you want to get a banner that you can hang in your room, I'm sure your significant other would appreciate it. So <laughs> we will be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Federal ammunition is 100. This is where the American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. Hard work united with patriotism and technology blended with new ideas. That's federal ammunition. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota, born in 1922, made in America, and proud to be the best. Federal ammunition, a century of innovation, and we're only getting started. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. Toby Leary, your weekly host about show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. If you want to be a part of the show, you can call or text 508-444-2120 any time of the day or night. Just leave us your name and location and what your question is, or you can text the, the number uh, 508-444-2120, or go to capegunworks.com or rapidfireradio.us and sign up whenever we go live and you can chat. So a lot of people listen to this show and go, how is he talking with people right now? Well, that's how we do it. So anyway, getting back to the story about Smith & Wesson, uh, it says that the House Subcommittee on Oversight and Reform subpoenaed firearm manufacturer Smith & Wesson on Tuesday after it refused to provide the panel with information about its revenue and business tactics. Uh, the committee, which is investigating the firearms industry after a gunman killed 19 children and two teachers in Uvalde, Texas, in May, is demanding documents about the company's manufacturer and sale of AR-15 assault weapons style assault weapons. Smith & Wesson refused to disclose this information voluntarily. Good on you, Smith & Wesson. This is where the rubber meets the road. Here it is, quote-unquote, 
This subpoena was made necessary by your unwillingness to voluntarily comply with the committee's investigation, including your refusal to testify about your company's troubling business practices at the committee's July 27, 2022 hearing, and your refusal to voluntarily produce key information about your company's sale of assault weapons to civilians. Committee Chairwoman Representative Carolyn Maloney, Democrat of none other than New York, don't let it surprise you, said in a statement. Mark Smith is the company's CEO and president, backed out of a previous commitment to testify before Congress. The Oversight Committee said Tuesday, Mr. Smith initially accepted the invitation to appear, but abruptly withdrew from the hearing only five days before it was set to occur, despite the committee's good faith efforts to secure his voluntary participation, a press release from the committee said. So if it doesn't just drip with how he was about to be treated for voluntarily going I mean, imagine subjecting yourself voluntarily to this committee, which, you know, look at the words she says that this, unfortunately, has been made a necessity because of your unwillingness to come here and voluntarily tell us about your company's troubling business practices and your company's sale of assault weapons to civilians. You should voluntarily tell us all about your troubling business practices. If that isn't called a presupposition, I don't know what is. Um, She wouldn't know what a presupposition was if it whacked her upside the head. But anyway, that is just an unbelievable uh, statement. So now they've subpoenaed him and he's going to have to come give account for his troubling business practices, which is, in my opinion, good business practice to sit here and sell a legal and constitutionally protected item that the founders of our government, when they laid the foundation, made a provision to acknowledge the most basic law of nature, the right of self-defense. And now they have to go talk to someone who despises them for selling to responsible Americans the most basic instrument on how to defend themselves against evil in the home or outside the home. And, you know, the fact that they have to go explain to people about their business practices should worry everybody in America. And I'm not an alarmist, but obviously they are coming and they will never be satisfied until every gun is in a heap being sawed up by being sawn up by machinery and crushed in landfills like all the pictures we saw coming out of Australia after their, you know, mandatory buybacks or mandatory uh, turn-ins. But anyway, um, (laughs) crazy. So on to some other news. Um, We have, I, I talked about this a little bit in the first hour about how I'm glad to see articles about good guys with guns defending themselves. And uh, you still got to dig for it. It's not like front page, you know, New York Times. But on the other hand, it it is out there. And today on uh, Ammo Land, there's a good story about American heroes are living proof that guns save human lives. And the lives that they save is not a metric that can be 
put into a column because we don't know how many people would have died. But the fact that they saved lives is for certain. So this article talks about um, Stephen Wilford, who was the guy who uh, put down the guy who had shot 26 people in Sutherland Springs, Texas church. And he ran out barefoot in the streets with his AR-15 and was able to stop that threat. And his cousin said that this good guy with a gun is the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. And then there was also the shooting that we talked about a lot when it happened, the Jack Wilson shooting, who was a volunteer security guy at West Freeway Church of Christ, which quickly shot and killed a madman after he pulled a shotgun during Sunday service. And that guy um, also had just killed another parishioner. So he came in and he had shot a guy who was armed, who was going for his firearm, and then Jack Wilson shot him. And uh, I talked about this on the Grace Curley show on Tuesday, but the the truth of the matter is it was another very long-range shooting, which is outside the norm of statistics. So he shot Jack, uh, this guy, Jack Wilson. He shot him from 20 yards, 60 feet, which is a far distance, and he fired one shot, hit him in the head of all places, and put him down. That's a hard shot to replicate, and I've tried it. We did it in our action pistol shoot once with like 15 people, and we set up the target and had 15 people try to shoot that without the stress of a bad guy actually leveling a shotgun at you. And I think at the end of the 15, I think there was one of us that actually hit like the cranial ocular cavity of the of the target, and I think a couple other people skimmed the the skull, if you will, or the the head, but probably would not have been a lethal shot. So anyway, that's um, another good guy with a gun that put down somebody who was there to inflict a whole bunch of pain. Obviously, the story of Kyle Rittenhouse and um, the most recent one of uh, Elijah Dickin, who stopped the man in the food court uh, after he had killed a few people and he used his concealed 9mm. Um, he shot 10 rounds in 15 seconds and hit the perp 8 out of 10 times, which is just a remarkable feat. And he was closing the distance. The Greenwood police chief said, I will say his actions were nothing short of heroic. He engaged the gunman from quite a distance with a handgun. Eisen said he was very tactically sound as he moved to close in on the suspect. He was also motioning for people to exit behind him. He has no police training and no military background, which brings up a good point. You don't need to have police or military background training in order to to get a job done or to actually make a difference. It is really a... Um, uh, just a, a necessity of training. Just go to the range and train. Get good firearms training uh, that'll help you safely and efficiently use your gun in a worst-case scenario. Um, it most of the time is not practical to shoot that far in a defensive handgun class. And you, you train under the plausibility principle what is most likely to happen, which is like 95% of all defensive shootings take place from 9 to 15 or 9 to 21 feet, I should say. And then there's like another 2.5% that are outside of 21 feet, like another 2.5-3% that are inside of two arms reach, so inside of 9 feet. So that's um, less likely to happen. So basically it makes sense to use your training dollars to be spent in what is most likely. But then plausibility 
principle or it's reasonable to say that you might have to defend yourself at a further distance or a closer distance. So after you got the good basic fundamentals down, yeah, absolutely. Expand your training into those areas. But I want to leave you with this. Uh, Madison Cawthorn said uh, before the break, uh, he said, you have a right to defend yourself, be armed, be dangerous, and be moral. And I think that's some words of wisdom from a very young representative that will not be continuing his career, unfortunately. So anyway, Veterans Top Shot Invitational still has openings. It's the shooting contest this fall that benefits great veterans charities. So go to topshotinvitational.com and sign up today before it's filled out. We will be right back with Keith Langer next. So stay tuned. Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your show that talks all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And Keith Langer is joining us on the line. How are you, Keith? I'm just fine this evening, Toby. How are things on the Cape? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, as I like to say. And uh, I know things are fast and furious. We're all tracking all these challenges to Bruin and everything else. And Massachusetts is trying to get in line with it while doing all kinds of other funny business along the way. Um, But I wanted to ask you a question of something that came up the other day, and it really did stump the chump. For the most part, even if I know the answer, I'm like, but consult with an attorney. But I really don't know the answer to this question. And somebody asked if they were to, can someone with an FID card buy a 22 rifle semi-automatic that is tube fed that holds more than 10 rounds. And I said, 
I honestly don't know. So I'm going to ask the expert. So I figured we'd get you on the horn and ask you that question um, and see if you have an opinion on that. I'm sure you do. Don't need an opinion. Have an actual answer. It's an easily answered question because we go right to the statute. Chapter 140, Section 121 has all the legal definitions for firearms law. And under the definition, large capacity feeding device, you know, what you cannot have with an FID card, we see this, quote, the term large capacity feeding device shall not include an attached tubular magazine designed to accept and capable of operating only with 22 caliber ammunition. So, by all means, enjoy your Remington Nylon 66, your Marlin 60, whatever, because those are perfectly legal. They are absolutely exempt from the definition of a large capacity feeding device. Mm. What is not exempt? The aftermarket and extended magazines for your 1022. Those are not tubular. And they're not attached. They're detachable. What is also not included? The 12-round mags for your three-gun shotgun, because the exemption is only for 22 caliber ammunition. Mm. So even though those competition mags are, in fact, tubular devices, they hold more than five shotgun shells and would not be protected for an FID card. Got it. What about... Uh, not to put you on the spot here, but can you have that shotgun extended tube with an LTC in Massachusetts? Well, with an LTC, you're covered for a large capacity. So as long as you're not dealing with the whole post-ban issue, then yes, you certainly can because the LTC excludes, I mean, includes large capacity feeding devices, quote unquote. Got it. All right, cool. What makes it really confusing is, are they talking about standard two and three quarter inch shells or mini shells? <laughs> if you have a gun chamber for three inch mags and you're putting mini shells in it, well, you've increased the capacity by like 50%. Right. It's a, but we haven't even gotten to that and we won't tell them. Right. We'll keep that between us. So. <laughs> Um, because they're already working overtime going past the statutory closure period at the legislature to tack all sorts of opprobrious restrictions on totally irrelevant legislation. I I hope that doesn't mean we have to pay them overtime. But they're worth every penny. Oh, yeah, of course. I remember uh, a couple years ago when... One, legis- one, one legislative session comes in to they get sworn in. They march right out on the floor and vote them all su- themselves a pay raise. It was it was pretty amazing. That was the first order of business that they got done. But uh, they're good at that. So um, yeah, you, that raising the per diem. Yeah, the per diem, and uh, yeah, I'm sure they you know get paid for the full travel, even if they buy a house halfway along the way. But uh, you never know. Um, so. Where, where does it stand? What do you see happening as far as that, um, you know, Massachusetts trying to come in line with the Bruin decision? Do you, uh, are they, I, I heard that they did, they did, the Senate did kick out the uh, cutting in half of the license to carry from six years to three years, um, the renewal time. So that's good news. But did they still leave all this suitability nonsense in there? Well, they didn't 
eliminate that because of their concern for the firearms owner. They did that because the Mass Chiefs of Police Association, I'm sure, raised hob with them over doubling their workload, especially the nonsensical language about interviews with the chief. Mm. So what's going to happen is, as in California, New York, and New Jersey, they will do everything they can to evade Bruin and get away with it less than until they get challenged in court. Mm. This is what we saw with the the, uh, magazine ban in California and the uh, stun gun ban here in Massachusetts. Right. And it will take that sort of slap down, I'm sure, to bring Massachusetts into line. Mm. And I, I saw an article today, I'm not sure exactly where, uh, I can't remember, but I haven't got a chance to look at it. But I, the title of it was that this New York's rush to all this gun ban that they did after the Bruin decision is already creating this like myriad of like <laughs> uh, uncertainty from law enforcement side on how to proceed and also uh, confusion all the way around. It's like landmines everywhere that they, they don't even know how to, pro- it's like causing a this weird situation where they're all uncertain on how to even proceed. And uh, oh yeah, I just found it. Uh, it's, it says New York's, uh, concealed carry laws are shaping up to be a debacle. That's on Bearing Arms by Cam Edwards. So, anyway, it's a, uh, it's a. Uh, I'm sure that there'll be a lot of that in Massachusetts as well as a result of them ramming through this this bill that was tagged on to the bond bill. Right, and they did it with no notice at night as an amendment, and it is a masterful example of subterfuge. And evasion. Mm. I I wish it wasn't even legal to do that. Like any bill that significantly affects somebody's ability to exercise a enumerated right should never be able to be passed under the cover of darkness without public hearings, without public knowledge, without any type of debate or advance notice, or it shouldn't be able to be tagged on to some spending bill or some house bond bill or something like that. You know, it's just... It's, it's How about a, negating any bill that passed after the mandatory end of the session? Yeah. Which is at midnight on uh, January 31st. Uh, that's uh, July 31st. So if it's after the statutorily stated end of the legislative session, then anything after that should be a nullity. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I only feel, I feel free... Most free when Congress is at recess. <laughs> and I hate to say it, that but... That was uh, Mark Twain, right? Oh, did he say that? Well, what, what Twain said is that no man's uh, life and property are safe while the legislature is in session. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That How true, how true. Because, you know... And it's sad, but I want to pay these people to not show up at work. This is, I will extend the unemployment benefits to all those in Congress. I would vote for that and just stay at home where you can't do harm and you can't infringe upon my rights. And we'll call you into a special session when something needs to be addressed. I'm sure, you know, at this point we have so many laws, it's not even funny with so overregulated. But, hey, that's what keeps you employed, right, Keith? Sometimes. (laughs) 
And, you know, I get accused of that as well. Like people are like, well, you want some gun grabber to be uh, elected, right? And I'm like, no, I don't. Well, you make all your business off that, right? But wouldn't it be better for business if they did? Maybe, but for all the wrong reasons. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be in business because somebody is threatening my rights. And I also, you know, yes, it's a major revenue stream for us to give the license to carry class, which I feel is unconstitutional and should not be required in order to exercise an enumerated right. But I'm willing to lose that income with the, uh, you know, advance of freedom. <laughs> so, you know, anyway, that's just the way I feel about the situation. Uh, but there we are. Yep. Um, so what's on the agenda? What's coming up for you? What do you got on the... Uh, coming up anything 2a or have you been working on it well i was supposed to have a firearm license appeal last week and the day before the hearing i got a call from town council saying the chief had to go to a funeral so that's been postponed Mm -hmm. and i was supposed to have a motion for a new trial try and get the guy's license and i had set up the date and i had an email from the court clerk saying that we had a date time a judge in a courtroom And just to be on the safe side, the day before, I called up the court because I never received the official notice of hearing. And I talked to the clerk's office, and there's nothing on the agenda. And the clerk's office calls down to the judge's lobby, and the judge's clerk has nothing on his calendar. So with that fumbled, we have to drop back, and now I'm waiting for another date for that. So that's my great progress this month. So – Along those lines, like what the legislature passed with this, you know, new bringing our laws under the direction of the Bruin decision. From what I see, they've talked in there that everybody will need to meet with the police chief, right? Unless they remove that with the nonsensical three-year period nonsense. I suspect they did because the real drive to remove that would have come from the mass chiefs of police because they're the ones who have to do all the paperwork with the second interested party being the firearms records bureau. If you recall back in 1998, when they wanted to eliminate all the licenses all at once, uh, they had to back off because the FRB and the police couldn't handle that workload. Mm. So they only uh, terminated the FID card. So I suspect that's what happened in this case. I'll have to touch base with Goal and Com2A to get the backstory on that. Yeah, because, I mean, what what I was thinking about when that, you know, looked like it was the case is they already can't process license to carry applications within the 40 days they're required to by law. And now if they have to book a meeting with the chief, it's going to turn the one to three month ordeal that it is now into a probably three to six month ordeal if you have to meet with the chief, right? Well, of course, they were using COVID as their big excuse for two years. Uh, They may not be able to play that card much longer. The biggest problem was just getting your application confirmed with the receipt because if you got your license application in before the expiration date, your receipt acted as your license. Mm. But a lot of the departments weren't even letting you in the building. And if you 
mail it in, you have a receipt. So that was the issue, and that may well be an issue again. Mm. But the bottom line is, it's nonsense. It was further obstructionism because you and I both know if there were any issues, the police aren't going to wait until your license expires three, four, five, or six years down the road. They'll suspend it. Period. Right. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. It's gone. Mm. Crazy. Well, real quick, Keith, I don't know if you have time to answer this, but we had a guy um, call because his he has a driver's license from North Carolina, but he spends time here in Mashpee as well. He's a taxpayer and he owns a house in Mashpee and Mashpee PD won't let him apply um, as a resident license to carry. Uh, is there anything he can do about that? It's very simple. Where is his residence? If he's a snowbird, it's not going to fly. And I probably told him that. If you own a house, that's wonderful, well and good. But is your car registered here? Are you registered to vote here? Are you here more than six months of the year? No, no, no. You're not going to get a resident LTC. Mm. So you do what people in those situations always do. You apply to the Firearms Records Bureau for a non-resident LTC. Right. Which doesn't even allow you to buy a box of ammo. <laughs> no, but at least you can possess the firearm. Right. So you bring the ammo with you when you come up from North Carolina. Yeah. Thank you, Mass Legislature, for supporting local businesses. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I mean, look, look at their, their strong support for Smith & Wesson. I mean, we've all right. seen what happened with that. <laughs> right, yeah. I think that, that representative should be soundly drummed out of office and uh, it's it's a travesty to lose that many jobs in an area of the state that cannot afford to lose that many jobs. But they don't care. And which is such a rich part of Massachusetts and American history. Right. Yep. And there's a mass exodus. It's too bad, you know, Springfield left years ago and along with others. But anyway, thanks so much, Keith, for joining us. I appreciate all the insight. And uh you know, as always, um, you know, you chiming in and putting us straight in this minefield of mass law and uh, <laughs> trying to stay on the straight and narrow is always a task. But uh, I appreciate you joining in. Take care. All righty. If you travel or you want to get a license to carry in multiple states, check out the Utah 36 state concealed carry class. Get everything you need to apply for the Utah license at the end of the class. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the class link to book the class today. All right, we will be back after this. This is Rapid Fire. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. 
May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. Thank you so much for joining us here uh, today. Um, we've enjoyed this talk back and forth, and I want to thank Keith Langer for contributing, as always. Um, but I want to know if you are going to be labeled a militia violent extremist. That is a question or you text 508-444-2120 or give us a call 508-444-2120 some leaked documents show that the FBI's definition of militia violent extremists could be something that you have on your range bag if you have a Gadsden flag or a Molan lobby you know, the come and take it or the Liberty tree, you might be a militia violent extremist. Um, under that definition, uh, the, you know, especially you look at the January 6th, Ashley Babbitt was, would have been considered a violent militia extremist, even though she was trying to stop people from going into the, uh, the house or the, the inner chamber there of the Capitol building before she was shot in the neck. But it is interesting how this this document was um, leaked out. And so according to the FBI, signs of extremism include iconic American symbols like the Gadsden flag, the Tree of Liberty, the Betsy Ross flag. Who'd have thought? The Betsy Ross flag. Um, and so not to mention there's... Uh, the 2A, if anything, 2A, you know, if you have the 2A symbol or the 3% symbol or the, uh, the, the 2A anything, right, um, that might make our whole rapid-fire radio US.us website highly suspect. But uh, the black flag is another one. Um, the Revolutionary War imagery. So maybe if you have, you know... Um, some of the founding fathers' pictures on your range back. Actually, I'm looking right here at a picture of Thomas Jefferson on this poster that my cousin made for me, and it says, arms change, rights don't. And he, it's a picture of Thomas Jefferson holding a copy of the Second Amendment in his hand and a modern rifle in the other hand. It's a pretty cool. Uh, we actually had it made into a T-shirt at one point. I think he still sells that design online, the T-shirt, et cetera. Um, but it's if you Google arms change, rights don't, you'll see the imagery that I'm talking about. But it's pretty cool. But anyway, I, you know, the good news is they did give some guidance behind this. It's not all like anybody with this is a terrorist or a domestic terrorist or something like that. But the, the bottom line is um, the fact that they're putting out this imagery. And I remember years ago, there was some imagery that was dropped on the public about, you know, pedophiles and pedophilia symbols and whatever. 
And that all made sense to me, even though some people might have fallen into that without knowledge of uh, having those, you know, some of the symbols were, you know, in mainstream, you know, corporate America. But, you know, once you drilled down and you saw some of the videos about it and stuff, it all made sense. But this one here is really throwing me for a loop. And, you know, I guess, uh, fortunately, if you look at the document, there is some guidance on it. But on the other hand, oh, the Punisher symbol is another one. Um, but if you look at the guidance, it says, uh, you know, not all of these, uh, the use or sharing these symbols alone should not independently be considered evidence of an MVE presence or affiliation or serve as an indicator of illegal activity. As many individuals use these sim- symbols for their original historic meaning or other nonviolent purposes. Um, so they kind of predicate it with that and then they give you all the symbols. So um, yeah, it's the Punisher skull is right up there in the top two. Uh, then there's the Boogaloo um, flag, the 2A flag, which is really interesting. The electrical resistance symbol, um, which basically looks like the heartbeat monitor, which is an identified, a, a way to identify as a resistor. You're resisting. Well, I resist a lot. I resist your unconstitutional gun laws. Does that mean I'm a militia violent extremist? No, it doesn't. But good luck wading through that. Hopefully you're not pegged as one now. But anyway, don't forget, we have private archery lessons with Dylan. You can check out our class calendar and schedule one today. Dylan, the archery guru, go to capegunworks.com and click on the class link to book one today. We will be back after this. This is Rapid Fire. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. SnapSafe, featuring a pry-resistant 316th-inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, the weekly show about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And today, Arlo wants to be a part of the show. He is relentlessly trying to get in my lap, but go lie down, buddy. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, And we're going to go right to your questions. Uh, We sometimes get distracted. My ADD kicks in. And don't forget, there's going to be two shows this week. There'll be one on Friday. um, And next week, we're going to have two shows as well so that I can fill in for when I'm away. So there you go, unless I decide to have someone guest host. But we'll see how that goes. Um, 
Davey wants to know if the guns and gadgets video on being required to report delays is now accurate. When does it start? Because I'm delayed every time. I don't know. I have not got any word or advisory from ATF or about having to report delays to them. Um, and that would be funny because why would they ask me? Why wouldn't they just get it from the FBI? So I think it's more like that uh, document I read about Smith & Wesson's voluntarily uh, agreeing to appear and then deciding not to, and now there's a subpoena. Like They can't just ask the FBI for the delay list and go after it then. they got to come to the gun store for it. Like That's ridiculous, but um, I don't know... What is going to happen about that? I would not be surprised after reading uh, back a a while back about how they are going to investigate delays and denials. Uh, The denial thing, if you are a prohibited person and you are trying to buy a gun, that should be like um, investigated, right? Because you're a prohibited person who knowingly went to try to buy a gun. You probably perjured yourself when you lied on the form. And then, you know, nothing ever happens to these people. So I don't get it. But we'll see what happens there. Um, Let's see. uh, The number again is 508-444-2120. And uh, Davey, let's see. We already answered that. A few weeks ago, I alluded to a change in the ordering of ammo online. Thomas wants to know. Okay. Is it time to let the cat out of the bag? Professor Claus says no. But I think I'm going to go way out on the limb right now and just drop the bomb. All right. Here it is. If I don't surface for the show on Friday, you'll know why. Because Brendan will have my head. But what we're going to do is... Under the Massachusetts law, it is illegal for us to to ship ammo to your door via mail carrier, UPS, uh, you know, FedEx, etc. Because the spirit of the transaction must be taken, must take place face to face, and they the permit must be handed over at the time of sale. Okay, so because we can't get your license to carry or your FID card at the time of sale, if it's FedEx delivering it, that makes it so we can't ship ammo. And we really challenged this, and we were told to stand down, get out of the way, and knock it off. So we decided to stop So before we created a bunch of legal trouble for ourselves. Um, But we also said this creates a good opportunity for us to create our own delivery service of our own employees with our own truck and deliver to your door. And then we can verify in person at, you know, the time of sale that you are in fact the licensed person. So we are launching the Cape Gunworks delivery service and it might be a little half baked. So bear with us, but uh, we are going to start the, Amazon.com. <laughs> I just made that up. Well, no, actually, someone else made it up, but I just threw it out there. Uh, we're not going to call it that, but that is basically the service, the Amazon.com. <laughs> uh, so, so, and it doesn't have to be ammo. It's going to be anything that we sell in the store, scope, mounts, slings, bags, whatever you want that we could ship. 
via common carrier UPS. Um, and so, uh, but we can now include ammo. So there's no reason for the people of Massachusetts to not be able to have ammo shipped to their door and will continue to ship throughout the country, which we do now. If people buy ammo on our website, we ship it all over the country wherever we can legally. So that is what we're looking to do. So, and Davey's saying, off Cape, like Boston? Yeah, we're going to do it everywhere. We're going to figure out a logistics schedule. We're going to, it'll be awesome. All right, so we're going to get on the horse and we're going to head out of town. Have ammo, we'll travel. It used to be have gun, we'll travel. But in this case, it's going to be have ammo, <laughs> we'll travel. So uh, that's, that's uh, yeah, why not, right? And uh, we'll see how it see how it goes. So, Tom, you you win the prize today in asking the right question, and got me to bite and drop a bomb. So, uh, there you go. Uh, that's the little tidbit that's going to get me in trouble for the day. But uh, you know, if we don't make it a priority, it probably will never happen. But we already have the vehicle. We got the Cape Gunworks delivery vehicle, man, and it's time to hit the road. And the cool thing is we have one delivery vehicle, so we're going to have to break this up by region or zip code or something or, you know. Toby might be showing up at your house with ammo. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be, can I have my mic back? Um, It'll be like, uh, it'll be like Publisher's Clearinghouse, right? (laughs) We'll show up on your doorstep with, hey! Ding, 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 ding. You have three boxes of ammo being delivered today. You won a thousand rounds. <laughs> yeah, you won a thousand rounds. So uh, it'd be pretty funny, but um, we'll have the cameras rolling. We'll definitely have to get some good social media uh, as a result of this. But uh, G Webs, you're hired, man. <laughs> he says. Drop the bigger bomb of that. The, <laughs> the what? Don't. The what? I don't know what you're saying. All right. I'm not dropping any bigger bombs. So, yeah, we're going to have, obviously, um, it'll be broken up by county or wildlife management zones or something. I don't know what it is. It'll be like we'll break it up by, like, zone 1 through 14. Obviously, the the fellas on the island, it's going to be tough to sit there and deliver a case of ammo to the vineyard or or Nantucket. So you guys might be out. uh, But if I can get a big enough order from enough people, we'll make it happen. So, um, yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. And Sam wants to know if we can give him a ride to the Cape so he doesn't have to battle the bridge traffic. Uh, Yeah. And it'll be like it'll be like a Domino's delivery driver, which we'll have to put on under the window. Like driver of this vehicle carries less than $20 worth of ammunition, you know. <laughs> Dr. Claw's going to be running over to the vineyard in his boat. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, that wouldn't be the first time I've made deliveries to the vineyard in a boat. So um, I did actually do that once. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we'll, we'll figure out the logistics of it. But we have everything in place, and it's time to go. So ready, set, go. Uh, If you want to order, I haven't really worked it out, but we're going to do it. Let's do it. Why not? Nothing better to do. Um, In five years, there'll be more Cape Gunworks fans than Amazon. I hope so, man. That'd be great if we had those sprinter Cape Gunworks fans going. And maybe we could even make them pretty cool with some, like, belt-fed machine guns on top or something. I don't know. That would be really good for business, I'm sure. 
I'm sure we'd have a couple news agencies calling us then, but oh my gosh. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Remember, the show ends here, but it's always on rapidfireradio.us. You can call or text the Rapid Fire line anytime, 508-444-2120. Keep up the good fight. Support your local community. Be an advocate and be a responsible gun owner and take someone new to the range. As Americans, we can overcome anything. I'm Toby Leary. God bless. We'll see you next time.